And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter in the Until Saturday feed. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman. Ari, back from Las Vegas. Um, Sources close to Ari Wasserman tell me this was a profitable trip to Las Vegas, not just for the Washington Huskies. I don't know what the thing is in gambling, but it's like a real phenomenon. Like sometimes when you're betting on sports, like you're always right. And like sometimes when you just step foot into a casino, it's just your day, no matter what you're doing or what you're playing. And then sometimes when you step into a casino, you can't win no matter what you do. Um, And this was one of those trips where it was like, I landed in Vegas and like 10 minutes after I landed in the, or got into the casino, I hit a Royal flush on uh, video uh, poker. And then for the rest of the trip, uh, I just was like invincible. My favorite part about, the trip gambling guys was that Stuart and I were playing blackjack together. Stuart Mandel yes. before the trip. And I was sitting to his right at the blackjack table and he was to my left and he was getting steamrolled and I was winning. <laughs> and then Stu was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I'm not playing this table anymore. And I said, Stuart, I need you to sit right there. And then I put my <laughs> chips and I played two hands in the spot that he gave up on. And then I hit like four blackjacks in the next six hands in front of him on the spot that he gave up, gave up playing. And I was just like, that's why you never leave on a heater, man. You never leave, you never leave the table. And uh, Stuart was just like, God, like, you know how you would be. It's like, I wasn't going to play the spot. And now the person who's playing my spot is crushing it in front of me. And that was uh, the best part of the trip for me. Well, welcome back. Also joined by Manny Navarro and Manny is, um, basically in his car right now you know we're, this is not a video uh podcast but manny is sitting in his car at a rest stop somewhere in florida um he is en route to go watch canoe creek f- future florida state seminal jeremiah smith in his national championship uh, i mean national in his state championship game and manny was in charlotte last week so the well-traveled manny navarro um how you doing today I'm doing good. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm hoping. I know Ari's headphones aren't working. I'm hoping that at some point I get myself a new set, so that I don't look as ridiculous. Like I'm selling timeshares, as you guys love to make fun of me about. So at some point yes. I'll upgrade. Also joined by Grace Rayner. Grace, I was gonna like no trips for you. You didn't go to championship. You're just like in, nothing wrong with being stuck in Norfolk, Virginia. But you, you know, you're there at least. Like all your like your your, your podcasting equipment works. So welcome to the pod. I lost my microphone. I don't know okay. where it is. So we're all struggling today. I got, I've got everything. I've got everything plugged in. We're all good here. So um, it is funny. Manny doesn't have a stable internet connection. My headphones. I've got the Apple AirPod Maxes that I was like really excited about. Don't connect to the com- to the computer. And Grace doesn't have a mic, so it's just like this is like <laughs> it's just like one of those days where it's like the opposite of how I was feeling in the casino. It's like maybe we should just record next week. I don't know. You know what that probably means though? It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a fire show. So. It's going to be a great show. So. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review. 
and leave a question with your review and we will answer it on the show. Subscribe to Until Saturday on YouTube. Be sure to join us live every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday on YouTube throughout the season as we preview and react to the weekend's games and hear from you, the listeners, on our Sunday Sound Off stream. Ari, I'm guessing, though, a few weeks off for the Sunday Sound Off. Are you guys going to still let people complain every Sunday? I think that we should keep doing it. We have a meeting to discuss this after Stars Matter, how we're going to proceed, but... I very much like the show, and if we ever do a mailbag episode, I hope we use the voicemail line as a continued way of soliciting um, questions, comments, concerns, and angry uh, fan feedback. So, okay. uh, but before yeah. we move on, I do want to say, all right, congrats on a f- great first season on until Saturday. I know you and David Ubbin. There's other there's other posts. Got the, the the Power Hour. We got Max and Sam. A lot of people. We do our show here, but I know you do a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, on the Until Saturday feed, a very entertaining you and Ub, and I listen to you guys every Sunday, listen during the week too, so uh, good job so far. Well, I appreciate that, Mitch. Thank you. I really enjoy doing it. There's nothing uh, more fun than talking about sports with your friends, and you know the thing that I promised or I tried to promise at the beginning of the, of the season as we made a transition from the previous iteration of the show was that we weren't going to really take ourselves too seriously, and it was just going to be like friends in a bar uh, having a good time. And I think that we've accomplished that. So, uh, some people, uh, love it. Some people don't. And I guess that's just kind of the way life works. But one thing nobody can say is that we're not trying to make a great product and, uh, something that we're all proud of here at the athletic. And, and obviously we wouldn't be able to do it without everybody. So thank you for that. Cool. Um, all right, let's, let's talk recruiting. Good show. Lots to discuss. We're going to hit on the playoff selection committee and how it might affect recruiting. We're going to talk portal and how it might affect recruiting. We're going to play a version of recruiting. Would you rather Ari's favorite <laughs> game? Would you rather the recruiting it's twist? My favorite game. Uh, yes. Um, and of course we will have trivia. Grace's favorite. I saw this one on Instagram the other day. If somebody gave you $10 million, uh, would you take it? If you had to eat one full bag of lime worms every day for the rest of your life? No. Live worms. So. Live worms. Yeah. Uh, like a lunch bag of it. I mean, like how big? How big of a bag? Are we like talking a regular about? like lunch bag. It doesn't seem very healthy. I don't think that it's harmful for you. If it's not harmful and it was manageable, maybe. But yeah, I, don't, I don't understand how it's, it's not harmful. Disgusting. Every single day you would have to do it. You're right, not allowed to cook them. You have to eat them live. I mean, I guess you could cook them. I don't know how that would help. But I think I think that they wouldn't be crawling at least. All right. <laughs> Would you take the money? Let's revisit the worms later <laughs> in the show. We're like thir- 10 minutes in. We haven't we haven't talked recruiting at all. So. I, I got that off Instagram off the breadbasket page, and I think it's uh, it was very funny. I was laughing about it. Okay. Um, okay. Good question. I mean, very good question. I, well, I don't know. Very good question. They're gluten-free, Mitch, so you could do it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so I actually had a story published today, a rare byline for me, did some research, uh, recruiting research, basically looked at 10 years of recruiting data. And the top 100 players in the country from 2009 through 2018, a 10-year period, just to kind of see where, uh, which positions are, are yield the most draft picks, how effective are the recruiting rankings, you know, which, which position, you know, are, are, are blue chip quarterback, not blue chip, top 100 quarterbacks, what percent are they drafted, all that stuff. So uh, it was a fun project. Took took a while to do the research, but once once the research was was done, you know, it was fun to dive in and see all the trends. So I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at it yet, but just for the listeners out there, take a look. Tweet at us. We'll answer some questions maybe uh, next week. But anything, uh, Ari, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it yet, but anything stand out to you? 
Yeah, well, I want to ask you what stands out to you first. You're the one who did the research. Like, what were you anticipating and what kind of stood out in terms of like, that's not what I thought it was. And then I'll, I'll share my thoughts on it. Yeah, it's funny because I did this, I finished this like two months ago and then we decided, I was talking to Jill Thaw, um, our, our managing editor about it. And we decided the best time to do it was, uh, to publish it was like in December near signing day. So I actually had to like go reread it a couple times last night because I forgot the data. Um, you know, I the, the my favorite part was looking at the quarterbacks and seeing which ones um, basically, you know, how effective it was. And I'll, I'll just read from the story here. Um, 13 of the 72, there was basically, there were 72 starters, 72 quarterbacks who were in the top ten, top 100 of that 10-year span, if that's, that makes sense. 13 of the 72 never started a game at a Power 5 level, and six among that group never started a game at the group of five either. Those six were, it's gonna, if you follow recruiting, some great blasts from the past. Tate Martell, Christian LeMay, a Georgia Martell, obviously, an Ohio State signing. Kristen LeMay, Georgia, class of 2011. Jesse Scroggins, UC, USC 2010. Ricky Town, USC 2015. David Cornwell, Alabama in 2014. And Colson Yankov uh, from Washington in 2018, who's actually still in college as a wide receiver. Um, so, And then there were four, four quarterbacks ranked in the top 50 who never started a Power 5 game, although they did start a group of five. Gunnar Keel, Justin Robbins, Malik Henry, and Zach Klein. So I know maybe some that's hard to follow there, but some some great blasts from the past if you're a recruiting fan. Yeah, okay. I'm going to tell you what I, I thought was interesting. One, you know, for even as, as recently as today, we get uh, comments on stories that I've written about how stars don't matter and stuff, but I thought that the conversion rate between top 100 players in most years, I think if I remember correctly, like 36% of them is the lowest that got drafted. Like when you think about that, like one out of three of the top 100 players got drafted. I think it's a pretty high conversion rate. And that was the lowest year um, during the you know last 10 years or the 29 through eight, the nine Oh nine through 18 season. And some years were, were higher than 50%. So like yeah, 36 was the lowest. Yes. 36 is the lowest and over half is the highest. So like, you know, in a world where we always are discussing whether or not recruiting stars are accurate or matter. The fact of the matter is, is that we're have a system um, in the composite that is over 50% accurate in terms of that. And I don't think that even if you're not drafted, that doesn't mean that you weren't a great football player in college. Those are just the players who were drafted. But the other thing too, that really stood out to me is that the the position that is got the highest uh, conversion rate, or it looks like one of the highest conversion rates is defensive end. And that makes a lot of sense because it's a physical position and having the raw talent out of high school usually translates to the more physical positions. So, and I also saw that athlete had a pretty high conversion rate too, which is like this person is versatile and can make plays in multiple places. And if you just just have athleticism, then not only will your college find a spot for you, but the pros will too. So like, that's the thing that I think is the most misunderstood about the star system in general is if you're a top 100 player or a five-star player, that means that your body is physically capable of doing something that no matter how hard other players train, they will never be able to do. There's a certain level of natural athleticism that comes along with being rated that high. And when you are rated that high, um, you have a higher likelihood of making plays in a game because you're just a freak for a lack of a better word. So as you look through this list here and you, if you're a a person who's skeptical of the star system and whether or not it, it actually equates or, or maps out, I think that these numbers are, 
from across the board, and maybe you disagree or agree, Mitch, I don't know, seem to support the theory of like, well, if you're ranked high, there's a high likelihood that you're going to be successful one way or the other. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think people could go into this with a lot of preconceived notions. Some people might say, wow, 50%, that's not high. And some people might say that is high. Like, I, you know, um, I tend to agree with you. I want to ask Manny a question because wide receivers were, um, there yeah. were a lot of wide receivers. I'm looking, there was 130 wide receivers. So it was the most players in any position, but had the lowest success rate at 30.8% and 8.5% were first rounders. I wrote in there, and I, an old recruiting guy, Bill King from Nashville, um, one, one of the pioneers of recruiting, um, told me this like 30 years ago, or when, right when I got, got out of college. He's like, wide receivers are the hardest to evaluate because high schools don't throw the ball. Again, this is like 25, 30 years ago. High schools don't throw the ball, and they're no good cornerbacks. So if you're just scouting high school games, it's hard to d- determine who's a good wide receiver. So I've always remembered that, but then I thought – you know what, last 10, 15 years, the proliferation of these camps, seven on sevens, you can bring kids to campus. It seems like there's so many opportunities for coaches to evaluate wide receivers against cornerbacks one-on-one. I thought the conversion rate would be higher at that position, and it's not. Does, does, does that make sense, Manny? And did, are you, were you surprised by that low number? Yeah, I mean, I think I, that's where my eye sort of drifted first, right, was, was the fact that that's the position. But then I also looked, and, and that's the position that also has the most uh, top 100 recruits, right? Uh, more yes. than anybody else, 130 players. So naturally, I think you start doing the math and you say to yourself, well, if you got more, then you, you're probably going to miss more uh, at that spot. So um, I think for me, you know, we're just studying recruiting for the last couple decades or whatever, like you, Mitch, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that get very highly ranked at that spot. And I think a lot of it is just because they're just such tremendous athletes and everybody in the country is looking for those kind of special athletes. And, and in the end, um, to me, I think a lot of those guys sometimes get into college. They might have a good freshman year. Maybe there's a change of the offensive coordinator or the quarterback leaves. All of those things play factors ultimately, I think, in how they develop. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's really, especially now with the transfer portal, um, I think it's just a lot harder, um, you know, for, for those guys to hit. You're going to have a lot more busts just in general because – uh, I, I, there's so many guys playing that position. You can get switched in and out. The offense can change. So I'm not surprised at all to see that, that in terms of draft percentage, it's the lowest. And Grace, other than the outstanding writing in the story, did anything else stand out to you? <laughs> Obviously. Uh, I mean, the receiver number definitely stood out to me. And then I don't know if there's a reason for this. I'd be curious to hear if you guys have a hypothesis, but just you look at how high the defensive end number is 60% conversion rate. But then defensive tackle is 38.6. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is just anecdotally because we used, when I was over at Athlon Sports, we used to do something every year where we'd look at the top 50 players from like five years prior and see how they did in college. And it just seemed like there were more busts on defensive tackles. Just, I don't know if it's teams taking a chance on a big body. Some guy just, and let's congratulate Ari Wasserman, who does about nine podcasts a week who finally figured out how to use his headphones today. We're very happy that your headphones are on Ari, but so Grace was I figured talk- I had a hard reset them. Are you proud of me? I was very. Googling it while you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. So, so Grace brought up the point, the difference between high conversion rate of defensive ends, low conversion rate of defensive tackles. And anecdotally, it just seems to me that there's more busted defensive tackle. I don't know if it's teams just taking risks on big guys because you can't coach size. Uh, so that that was interesting. And in one note, too, like the, the recruiting has evolved where now we don't really we've got edge rushers, which might be outside. You know, there's really defensive ta- defensive linemen Fair. now and edge rushers. But this ended my, my research ended in 2018. So that's back when we I guess we did have ends and tackles. But any theories there, Ari, before we move on? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic because defensive tackles are employed in different defenses. And I think a lot of times coaches will take defensive tackles that don't actually play um, or aren't fit necessarily for the type of defense they run, whether you have a three- or four-man front. I think it can vary very differently. But you know what really stood out to me the most um, is that even though it had the lowest conversion rate, it had a high percentage of first-rounders because if you get the right one, um, those are the types of players that are most valuable too. So – um, I think, too, a lot of times uh, coaches overtake the defensive tackle spot. And the reason why is it's because it's the most important position potentially on the entire team. And you might be reaching or, or, or going for more players than you might need at that position on certain rosters, which thus gets in the way of production and, and things like that. Now, those are all just theories. I'm just guessing. But you would think that, you know, um, the types of body styles and the um, – athleticism necessary to be elite at that position that when you find those types of guys that they they hit more often than not um but the thing that i'm most curious about too is that some of the best defensive tackles um in the first round in the last few years have been three stars and it's like when you look at uh, who's the kid from georgia that that plays for the eagles now i guess that doesn't really narrow it down because there's 20 of them but yeah yeah jalen carter wasn't he a three-star yeah but he was, he was like, pretty high three-star, but still three-star. I still yeah. don't understand how a person could look at that man's athleticism <laughs> and size and not rate him as a five-star. Um, but like that, I mean, there is like Wait, some element of – he was a five-star? No, he wasn't. Was he? There, I think well, so. There was a defensive tackle the year before that was a three-star. Jordan Davis. Cam, our producer, comes to the rescue. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they have I, very, I mean, in, in yeah. our defense, there have been a lot of – yeah, they're the same dudes. They just destroy people and then they go to the Eagles. Yeah, um, and now Sorry. the Eagles are is comprised of only Georgia players, so I yeah. know that that can be confusing. But you get the <laughs> point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do think that there's a high um, randomness to this too. Do they go to the right place? I know. You sure. Do they to get on the field in a good amount of time? Um, you know, and also too, like during my time covering Ohio State, there were a lot of players who didn't produce at all really in college. And then still got drafted and now are really good in the NFL. So sometimes it just takes longer, too, for people to – like Jonathan sure. Cooper, for instance, was a five-star defensive end who, who signed with Ohio State. And he be kind of became like the heart and soul of the defense and people like looked at him as a leader. But he was never nearly as productive as a Bosa brother or somebody like that and then went to the pros and now is one of the best you know, pass rushers. And, and Baron Browning is another example of, of five-star kids that 
went to Ohio State, didn't produce very much, got drafted still because of their crazy athleticism, and now are great in the league. So there is like that that mathematical, you know, give and take. But for the most part, when you think about, you know, the percentages of it's impossible for to do this, but um if you added up every three star prospect, the percentages would be like four and five percent. It wouldn't be 35, 50, 45, like the way that you're looking at these numbers right now of top 100 players, even if you think 52.9% is a small number, can you imagine what that percentage would be of three-star defensive tackles that got drafted? It would probably be like 2%. Less than that. So like it's it's like these are misleading numbers because they're huge in comparison to the thousands of three-star players that go into into the colleges and, you know, play at the P5 or group of five level who don't even sniff the NFL. Yeah. All right. You, I know you love research, so you can get on that project. But I'm going to read one more um, number. The thing that was interesting to me about the running backs, and this isn't a surprise if you follow the draft, but um, so I'll just read a paragraph in here. The, this is for top 25 players, not top 100 players. The position group with the most players ranked in the top 25 over the span, defensive ends with 40, defensive tackles with 30, then running backs were third with 27. But 21 of those came in the first six years from 09 through 2014. As the position has been de-emphasized in the NFL, fewer prep running backs are receiving lofty rankings. Including the 24 class, there's only been three running backs ranked in the top 25 nationally in the last four cycles and none in the top 20. No wow. top 20 running backs in the last four cycles after, you know, in the, in, in the early years of the modern recruiting era, you know, guys like Leonard Fournette, whatever, there seemed like there were top five, top 10 guys in every class. Yeah, I think it's just a product of of the way the game has gone, right? I mean, the, the the fact that it's become so heavily dependent on quarterbacks and receivers, and uh, I just think for the most part, you know, when I've had those conversations with Andrew Ivins, he's talked about how they try to have their rankings fall in line with what sure. the NFL is doing, right, from a draft pick perspective. So I think it's just sort of shadowing that. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, we're not going to discuss. Do people know that, though, Mitch? Do you think what? people know what Manny said? Like, is that um, common knowledge for people that your, your I mean, rating it, is? We've read it. We've written it a lot, but I don't yeah. know if you're listening. I think it's important just to say that a lot of times your ranking and how high you can be ranked is predicated on your position and how valuable that per- position is perceived by the NFL. Like so you don't see a lot of five-star interior right. offensive linemen and running backs and tight ends. Yes. But when you do see them. They're awesome. They're awesome, which I think we'll see in the playoff when C.J. Baxter continues to run all over people. Yes. So that is on like the 247 site, but you got to you got to search for it. You know, so if you I think the people that really follow recruiting understand that. But um, I didn't know it until three years ago, probably or four years ago that that's how they did it. Um, So, okay, we're not going to talk about the playoff, the selection committees, Florida State versus Alabama, all that. There's other podcasts and we're far enough removed from that. And we don't want Manny to start crying or anything like that. He should be um, wearing a Seminoles hat today. Plea. But Manny did bring something up about how it might affect recruiting. We all we already know that there's the big two conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten moving forward and you know the ACC and we know Florida State's desire not to be in that conference. But Manny, we'll kind of talk about your theory that hey, this is another blow for the for ACC teams, not just Florida State, the fact that Florida State did not make it and Alabama did. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think when it comes to negative recruiting, right, and and you think about Florida State in the position that they're in right now uh, with the number three recruiting class in the country and, and guys that are sort of trying to be picked off. I know K.J. Bolden is, is a guy that, that, you know, Auburn's trying to take away from them. I'm pretty sure Auburn is bringing up the fact that 
<laughs> hey, do you really want to go to Florida State, who who you know finished undefeated, uh, but didn't make the playoff? And and oh by the way, yes, they're going to a twelve team playoff next year. But uh, I think everybody in college football knows you're going to really a power two, right? Maybe we should start calling it the G seven uh, instead of the G five. Ooh. Um, you know, so I, I think that's the kind of stuff that maybe it doesn't affect this class per se, but I, I certainly think going forward in the future, um, the, the more disparity we see between, you know, teams that get into the playoffs and the ones that get let, you know, get held out. Um, I think it's going to be a huge factor on the recruiting trail. I think it, it already was right. The SEC always had that. Most recruits always said, I want to go play in the SEC. That's the best conference in America. Well, now, when it literally affects, you know, who gets into the into the championship and who gets into the playoff, um, I think it's going to become an even bigger issue. And that's I just wanted to make sure we addressed that this week when I when I brought it up in our in our meeting. Ari, what say you? Do you subscribe to Manny's theory right there? Well, I think that the theory in general makes sense. Uh, if you're an ACC school, I don't know if the playoff results are the same thing though. I don't believe that Florida State was removed or not removed, left out of the playoff as a result of their conference affiliation. But I do think there is something to the notion that as expansion continues and all the big time brands are funneling into the SEC and the, in the big 10, that as that money starts coming in from these TV deals, like we had a discussion on Andy Staples show before he left. That was just, um, is it possible that in 10 years, Purdue is a better job than Florida state? Like that notion of, the amount of money that you have for your staff facilities, they're going to have so much money in the big 10 and the sec. And so much of the sport is predicated on financial resources that you put into your recruiting budget and your facilities and your coaching salaries and your ability to, to host prospects in a way that other places can. And if Purdue or Indiana has just as much or more money than the powers that we currently see in the ACC, then I certainly think there's a possibility that, when Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State want to go up against Clemson in six or seven years, that it would be harder for Clemson to keep up. Not that they're that interested in keeping up right now, <laughs> but you get the point. Like it's just um, money. Money drives everything. It drives everything. So I don't know that I would, if I were a coach right now, I'd be like, look at Florida State. These losers got left out of the playoff. They stink. Like that would that doesn't resonate with me. But if they're still in the ACC in five years and you know, Alabama has uh, or Florida State has X and Alabama has six X. Um, you're going to be able to see that as a recruit on your visit. You're going to be able to see that with the resources they have. You know, when you think about like all the like, if you ever walk through a football facility and, you know, Clemson actually, I think, is one of the leaders in this. But like I remember one year when I was covering Ohio State, they were going to play a game at altitude somewhere. And this was five or six years ago. And they put some sort of mechanism on their mouths or their mouthpieces to simulate what it would be like to, to breathe with oxygen or air that didn't have as much oxygen because of the altitude. And like, Lord knows how much money they spent on just this one game to like simulate that or what kind of body machines they have or the underwater treadmills or the waterfalls. And they're like, all this stuff is, is certainly stuff that people take into account, the recovery, the diet, the training table, and I don't know if this is a long-winded answer, but like if the ACC falls behind financially, they're not going to be able to keep up with all the resources that Alabama has in their facility. And kids care about that stuff. Parents care about that stuff. Your development is um, certainly a part of it too. And I think that goes back to 
the argument that Mitch and I had last week about better places to go, like certain places. It's not just coaching and who your, your likelihood of being drafted, but it's like, what kind of food are you eating? Do you have a dietitian assigned to you? Do you have these, these underground treadmills or whatever? I don't know. They've got like 9,000 things in there that do things to your body that most places don't have. And I think that that is important. So yes, I think it's an, I think it's a good discussion. I don't think that it's a playoff discussion though. I think it's a money discussion. Um, when you first started this, I was just thinking to myself, okay, Jeff, when you said Purdue, Jeff Brom leaves the Big Ten, Purdue, mm-hmm. to go to Louisville, the ACC, but that's extenuating circumstances because he went to Louisville. And also, of all the coaches who don't care about money, it's like, doesn't he still drive his like 19, you know, or 2004 Honda Accord or something like that? I don't but, know. I don't know about that, but it will be interesting to see if there is a time, and it sounds nuts, but would, if, if Florida State is in the ACC in 10 years, and I doubt that's going to be the case. But if they were, would you see a coach leave Miami to go be the head coach at Michigan State? Or would you see a coach leave Miami to go be the head coach at Iowa? Don't like, get into I, a would you rather. That's later in the show. We have a we have a would you rather like well, that. Would you I rather will, coach at Miami or would, would you rather coach at <laughs> we'll, Iowa we'll get and make four that. times as much? I want to say something and then uh, Grace chime many too, but like not refuting what you said about the money, because it's clear the Big Ten money is going to be so much greater than other leagues. But ACC and Big 12 money is still a lot of money. Those schools mm-hmm. can still afford state-of-the-art locker rooms. They can still afford all the amenities. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think kids aren't – you're not going to get inferior treatments. You're not going to inferior diet, all that stuff by going to another school. It's just these other schools have so much more money. Like, the difference between going to a MAC school in the ACC is – enormous in far as some developmental things you're going to get. Sure. But these ACC schools still have tons of money to treat their athletes very well. You know, North Carolina, NC State, all those places. So but once great. these places start having more money than they know what to do with, that means higher coaches' salaries, and that means more investment. That means better coaching, right, Ari, if you make more money? Um, it- I think that, you know, all right, let's. <laughs> there's a reason why entry-level journalists don't make as much money as we do. It's because – you got to move up the corporate ladder. It's the, there's no inverse effect here. Um, but so Grace also must to, be, if we're going by Sally, then Grace must be the best journalist on the, uh, the pod. Grace, obviously you, you went to an AC school. You have family members that went to another ACC school. You covered an ACC school. She was an um, ACC athlete. Yeah. She was an ACC quality athlete, no, you know, just wrong. chose not to play in college. Wrong. Um, Turned down multiple scholarship offers um, around the this, country. To, this story to, gets more and more <laughs> ridiculous every time you tell it. Yeah, so you know, w- just kind of what Manny said earlier, and anything anything that Ari said stand did stand out to you about kind of the ACC spot on the food chain right now. I mean, I think the ACC has a perception problem for sure. Um, I think when you look at someone like KJ Bolden, he was at Auburn last week, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you can't really. I can't reconcile the argument. Oh, you shouldn't go to Florida State because they got left out of the playoff, but you should come here after we lost to New Mexico State by 21 points. Like, I think if you're going to use the um, competition angle of it, you have to be a team that's better than Florida State. Um, But I don't know. Like, I think as long as Florida State has a competitive NIL package and can compete in that space, they're going to be fine. We've seen the conference, the big two basically form this offseason. And I know we've got a lot more time until that TV money kicks in. And so a lot of it we'll see in the future. Florida State is still, where are they, Manny, right now? Number three 
Um, oh, Manny yeah. knows. He's charting it. Manny's ready. <laughs> He's ready for them to be number one. Got a SeaWorld trip on this. Of course oh, I know where they are. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I think you don't want to be in the ACC if you can avoid it, right? If you're Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina, you're probably trying to bounce because this is going to be a problem that's not going away. But I don't think it's um, – like I guess facilities – I think everyone's got them, Mitch, to your point. Like I don't know how much those matter right now. Everyone has those. I think you all you all made great points. I guess my my only retort would be I I guess I'm sort of projecting like in four or five years, if the ACC and Big Twelve are getting one spot in the playoff every single year, and the SEC and Big Ten are basically dominating every spot in the postseason, I think it's going to become a problem. I think it's I think those conferences ultimately are going to be viewed as lesser than, and I think that's going to spill over onto the recruiting trail. I that's think it's just sort of the first ahead, domino. Yeah. Yeah. I just have a hard time like. Going down that road, there's gonna be a math problem. Saying, it These makes teams are gonna sense. have too many losses. It, yeah, and, and I think that that's gonna be true. I think that's what's gonna happen. But we just, I know Mitch and I looked this up during the myths piece that we did a year and a half ago or not, but yeah, all of the teams that made the playoff as one offs, like if their recruiting improved, it was marginal. Nobody went from the only team that ever went from pretty good recruiting to excellent recruiting as a result of their resurgence is Clemson. Like, I don't know, like Michigan Washington State did, but then they took a quick step back. Was Washington's a big one year boat boost? Because like no, two no, years they went ago, to like th- they went, they had like three straight two th- top eight. I think they were number 18, three straight years, like the three best classes. And then but they, even then, like, yeah. that's what you would expect them to do now. Like, right. I don't know. And they're in the playoff again. So maybe like a consistent, a consistent situation is what would, would help. But like Michigan, when they went the first year, I mean, we just got done writing a story today about how. They haven't really hit the yeah. hit the gas pedal on their recruiting. So, but yes, I think that if it's three SEC teams and three Big Ten teams, and then everyone else, then in the future, people are probably going to take note of that. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's catch up on some kind of news and notes. Uh, Jordan Seaton, the only remaining five-star on the board, is committing Thursday. It's, I think it's far from a done deal, but Ohio State... Seems to me in a good spot there. Um, offensive tackle from Washington, D.C., who played this year at IMG. A um, couple notable 2024 commitments. This one kind of big for for Arizona State. Uh, Jason Brown, running back from Seattle, um, who had a Washington offer, I think had an Oregon offer. I saw earlier this week that a lot of people thought he was going to go to Washington. 
number 173 in the composite, picks Arizona State. He's the number one player in that class. It's a really good get there. Um, Why can't they do it? I. Why can't they do it? Like Kalen DeBoer, like I would sacrifice like a live well, animal all, you, to you, like Tell me what you said. Tell me what you said. You apologized to me. You said you were right about Washington. What were you right about again? That, that it can be a really good program. You've always, every time I brought it up for the last three years, you dismiss it. And I'm like, this can be a great program. So here's the thing. And I have a hard time with this, with the Michigan stuff too. Cause like I had <laughs> to apologize for saying that Michigan couldn't compete at the highest possible level the last three years based on the way that they're recruiting. And of course they've done that, but our jobs are not to be fortune tellers, right? Our jobs are to use the information that is available to us at the time in order to try to have a educated guess on what's to come. And with Washington and Michigan, two teams were in the playoff this year. There is nothing in the way that they are recruiting, which is what we talk about on this show, that would indicate that they should be a favorite against Alabama. In fact, I still don't understand how they're a favorite against Alabama with you. All you got to do is just look at the way that the rosters are composed. And yesterday, as you were editing the story, you did push back at me a little bit about Michigan's draft numbers and their portal success. And that's absolutely true. So if that's the case, then obviously we have to rebrand our thought process in terms of how we view the 247 sport composite because at Florida State and Michigan and Washington, they have three-star players who are having first-round results. So that happens. That said, like, what was it about Washington in 2021 that I should have been like, oh, yeah, they're going to make the playoff in two years? What is it about Michigan in 2020 when their team gave up and the way that they were recruiting that made that, that should have made me say at the time, Oh yeah, dude, Michigan's the next big thing. Like, I don't know why. And like, I guess it's fair to, you know, point out when you've been wrong and I'm happy to do it, but I don't know if there's a problem with the process or if something just amazing happened. You know what I mean? Like that to me is I think like something the, amazing like, happened at Washington. They got a new great coach with a, the perfect quarterback and they hit on some wide receiver recruits. We were talking and, about how Michigan should be firing their head coach on this podcast feed two and a half years ago. Two, two different scenarios, though, and I want Manny because he's of, of similar to my age with program histories and stuff. Michigan is a program that has been great in the past, obviously, and you know Washington has had its moments, so I, I don't think they're in the same exact uh, boat there. But Manny, do you share my affinity for the Washington program as far as some, a program that can be a consistent you know, national power? Yeah, I mean, I think geographically, I just look at Washington and, and where they recruit from, right? They go into California a ton. They're just like Oregon, right? So I think with yeah. the right coach, um, where they are geographically to be able to attract uh, recruits and top-end guys, they're in a good place. Um, I just think I think Washington's problem has been that they just haven't been consistent, and they finally and it finally looks like they've got the right coach now. So um, if he can if he can keep this going, I, I mean, depending on who they pull in to replace Michael Penix. Um, you know, I don't see why Washington couldn't become, especially now joining the Big Ten and all that new money that's coming in. So why not? Or yeah. I guess all they have to do is just go get a Heisman finalist from Indiana again. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Like, that's the thing that's, like, nuts to me. It's like, okay, all right, you were wrong. You apologized to me. Like, and, and you were right. You, you know, Washington got back to the playoff. I just don't know in what mind frame, like I almost would rather be wrong with correct analysis than be right with no analysis. Yeah. 
My, my my Washington thing like was more just about I think it's a cool it's a cool school it's a great setting they've got good fans there's no reason they shouldn't be good and when we had those discussions originally they weren't good it was like the Jimmy Lake era so I'm not going to I've got another say, name that kind of throws things off there too say it again I have another name for what that's okay. affiliated with Washington that kind of throw Ted Bundy yeah you think he hurts the recruit negatively affects the recruiting <laughs> that would be a good story what does Ted Bundy's childhood and college years do from Washington hey, Grace playoff I want you to call all of uh, Washington's commits and ask them their thoughts on Ted Bundy is that oh cool is that our new uh, offensive Perfect. analyst <laughs> It is kind of crazy when you think about like his nexus of Ted Bundy's life, how it started uh, in Washington. He realigned, right? He went down to he realigned to Florida State. (laughs) Yeah, two teams that were in the playoff race this year. Is that why they got out of the playoff? That's why they made the playoff. I don't know. We should are you should on the conference call and ask Boo Corrigan if. Ted Bundy affected the committee. Did they talk about him at all? All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, two notable flips. I think Manny was Justin Scott within the past week. I think he was Miami flips. Justin yeah, right Scott after to, yeah. that same that same uh, our last episode. You guys were asking me, do I think any five stars will flip? And of course, I didn't mention Justin Scott, even though he he flipped to Miami. So yeah, good job, Manny. Yeah, um, I was all over it. Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> well, everybody was surprised by that one, Manny. Don't don't beat yourself yeah. up over it. I do um, love that he had a bag of cash in his uh, or a pile of in cash his in, his, in his graphic. Yes. That really yes. gave everybody a lot of uh, a lot of trash talking. I, I gotta think, say I, this, and I'm gonna say I it respect again. it. I wait, think Ari's so gonna say something. It, if you are still mad that a player flips because he got a better nil deal, like grow up, Peter Pan. Like it's <laughs> it's part of the deal here now. Okay, and you know what? I would put the cash in my thing too. I know you Ari. would. If I had right, a recruiting ask- graphic, there'd be the Apple logo with like a stock symbol next to it. All right. I wanted to ask you this. Mario, it seems like Mario Cristobal and Miami are taking the approach because obviously they got Samson Okalola and Francis Maui Goa last year on offense, like the two five-star mm-hmm. tackles. It seems like instead of like just waiting around to, I don't know, pay seniors or juniors, they're, they're certainly redirecting this at like, we got to go out and get the best defensive tackle out of high school and just develop them and pay them whatever he wants. Like, I think that approach is probably a lot smarter for a program like Miami and Florida State and others versus, uh, I mean, it's the only way you're going to get those guys, right? Like, because otherwise you're going Manny. to Alabama, Georgia every year. What did the athletic do? What? <laughs> what did the athletic do? do I don't mean? know. What did they do? There were two very smart tech startup oh, when I, people oh, yeah. who created when the I'm athletic. Bought. And what did they do? Well, you they were one of the first hires, Ari. You were one of the first college yeah. football hires. You go out talent. and you buy yeah. talent, and then it's crazy. Now it's one of the most, if not the most respected por- sports publication on the face of the earth. Why? Because well, meant- they paid for their talent. <laughs> <laughs> I meant specifically at those positions, like offensive. offensive yes, defensive I, I think that it makes a lot of sense. I think getting a di- – I mean, dude, I don't know what it is, and we have to maybe do like an off-season storyline, but like I'm a Bolitnikoff Award voter, and that was impossible. Like when you think about how many like – Top end, first round caliber playmaking receivers there were in college football this year. It, I think more so than any other position. Like when you think about how many other years would Romo Dunze just win the award? Right. You know what I mean? Or how many years would Keon Coleman just win the award? And now you have Marvin Harrison and you have T Mac at Arizona. There are so many. I mean, Malik Neighbors down at LSU. There's like 10 legitimate stars at receiver. Like if you can build up your lines. I mean, I think that part of the reason why Oregon was in the playoff hunt this year is because of the the ground set that was 
on the lines that Cristobal did there. Like it's no yeah. question if, if I were a coach, that's where I would start. Wouldn't it be where you start, Grace? Definitely. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I thought all the good wide receivers were at Ohio State, Ari. I didn't know you could go somewhere else. And Troy Franklin's really good too, and he's developed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you think Mitch no. that uh, when you look at the That's data exactly that, from what I the said, Mitch? Thank you. <laughs> like, do you think your wide receiver data numbers will go up after the 2018 class and beyond? Now that we have so many studs that are. That's a good question. That's a good question. Another thing too that I wrote the, the last bullet point was it'd be interesting to see about the 2021, the 2021 and or. 21 and 22 classes with COVID, you know, um, yeah. um, the evaluate we've, we've talked a lot about that. One other flip, uh, this one was not as surprising as Justin Scott, Cam Coleman, five-star wide receiver from, I believe Phoenix city, Alabama, um, flipped to, from A&M to Auburn. And that leads us into a little, little Auburn talk. Um, we've met Ari's written about it. We've mentioned that basically now that Hugh Freeze is the coach, they're, they're relevant in recruiting. They did not have a great season on the field. Uh, but no surprise there with the talent they inherited. But, uh, you know, K.J. Bolden, the five-star from Georgia, was at Auburn last week. Um, number 11 class, they got two five-stars. Here's the big number, 14 of 19 are blue chippers. Their average player rating of 91.99 is number five nationally behind Georgia, Ohio State, Florida, and Alabama. And as Ari mentioned in his part two of his recruiting thoughts, you can find Ari's – Ari had many recruiting thoughts. We published them on Tuesday and Wednesday, Grace is working on ACC recruiting thoughts, um, and including, as Grace calls them, our new friends in the ACC, Stanford, Cal, and SMU. But um, three of the five players in the state are going, uh, as of right now, uh, Alabama going to Alabama, including five-star wide receivers Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson there. So um, just Auburn, another school, kind of welcome to the party, and it tells you, you know, I think interesting to see what happens at Texas A&M now. It's nothing new, guys, but recruiting the SEC, now Texas and Oklahoma, it's just going to get more and more, I don't know, cutthroat's the word, but more dominant. Uh, just don't see it slowing down. Um, I'm so, doing research right now. You are. I know. You, you're doing stuff. What, what, do you got, um, what do you got cooking for us? I'm now? looking up all the best players at the position, the receiver position from this year's class, and – I think the 24 Marvin class, Harrison, like, the 24 class and Marvin Harrison and T-Mac at Arizona are the only two um, top 100 players at that position. Keon wow. Coleman, Romo Dunze, Xavier Worthy, Jalen McMillan, they were all four stars, but none of them were like elite level prospects too. What was Malik Neighbors? Malik Neighbors was a four star. So to answer your question, Grace, it sounds like no, the numbers will not be Interesting. going up. <laughs> Oh, Jalen huh. McMillan's a, a top 100 player, too. That surprises yeah. me. Although those, guys, although those guys outside the top 100, they wouldn't even be part of my data set. If you, you, yeah, but I'm different. saying, like, it's crazy to think that, like, yeah. all these guys that are playing, like, Marvin Harrison Jr. was not a five-star prospect. Like, yeah, like that's crazy. That, that, that's you you crazy. talked about how can someone look at Jordan Davis and not, I mean, his name is Marvin Harrison. He played at a prominent high school in Philadelphia. It wasn't like a small-town guy. I want, he played, didn't he play with a five-star quarterback in high school? Like, how is he not a five star? That, that's a surprising well, the thing that I think is interesting when you like kind of get down into the rabbit hole of this is that if you go look, I'm going to go look right now real quick and see who was ranked ahead of him in the class at his position because he was the number 21 or number 14 oh, receiver wow. in that class ranked ahead of him. Oh, yeah, Buka, Buka, who's a five star prospect. Um, and he's had an OK career. I don't Kruger, know. Why yeah, everybody he's, been talks a like he's a first round pick. I don't know if yeah. he's produced at that level yet. Ja'Cory Brooks, who hasn't quite panned out at Bama. Troy Franklin, who had an awesome year at Oregon. Mario Williams at Oklahoma. 
Uh, Jojo Earl, who transferred from Alabama to TCU. Dante Thornton Jr. to Oregon. Xavier Worthy was ranked ahead of him. Xavier's insanely good. Christian Leary, uh, Deion Smith, Chris Hilton, Bo Collins from, I mean, Brian Thomas Jr. Like, none of these guys have produced the way that Marvin Harrison produced. And had Ohio State won the Michigan game, and he had a big game, I was going to vote for him to win the Heisman. Uh, He didn't make my ballot, unfortunately, but, I mean, he was – also a six foot four, one hundred ninety pound player too, and so much of the receiver position is also based on body control and body size, like stuff that you can't coach. And he has all those things too. So um, it just it's just an interesting dynamic too when you look back at it and think like he's the best actual receiver in Ohio State history in terms of just skill set. I don't know if lore matches up, but it's incredible how he could be the number fourteen receiver in any given class. He was twenty yeah, fifth, by the way, by two four seven. So they mm-hmm. they weren't on him either. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's not like he was an unknown, famous name, big time yeah. school. All right, so Grace got a uh, question in her mailbag last week that uh, kind of gave me the idea to play a little "Would You Rather." So the question was, "Hi, Grace. Starting next year, does TCU or SMU have a higher potential recruiting ceiling? Both are private schools in the DFW area, with TCU being in the Power Five longer. But I feel like SMU's donors will quote unquote pony up." For more uh, money get it? Get it? for the get NIL. It? Yeah, Grace acknowledged it. I'm yeah, not going to lie, I thought it was yeah, funny. Yeah, Grace acknowledged it. Um, so we're going to start with, would you rather? I've got it's a pony. one, two, three, four, five, it's six. Po- that's what seven. I said. Pony up, baby. Yeah, eight it's schools. A it's a pony. And I tried to pick. <laughs> I tried to Richard pick. Richard Simmons. You know who that Tom, is, Mitch? Richard Simmons? Did you ever, you're a big guy who likes to run outside. Did you ever like rent his workout tapes? <laughs> I did not rent Richard Simmons' workout tapes. I'm a pony. I'm a pony. I'm a pony. He was, he was huge when I was a kid. I'll tell you that. Um, so I tried to pick schools that are comparable. Some in the same league, you know. So it's from a recruiting standpoint. We don't. Let's. We're already. We're on the verge of going along here. So we don't want to spend a ton of time. Grace actually picked SMU. I would pick TCU uh, <coughs> in this arrangement. So we're going to go around the horn. And then after this one, I'll go with the with the other schools. So, um, Ari, TCU or SMU, you can be the head coach in either. Who are you picking to recruit to for t- the next 10 years? All right, you pause. Manny, what about you? Ari's thinking. <laughs> I, I, I like Brent Lashley. I'm going with SMU. Okay. No, you're the coach. That's the question. It doesn't matter whether you like yeah. Brett Lashley or not. Yeah, like yeah, who yeah, who would you pick? Dude sitting in the rest lot parking lot thinking I, I, about I, I know, man, right Manny's now. making calls from his headset right now, calling recruits in the DFW area. <laughs> I, I'm gonna stick with SMU. I think okay. I think they got more money than TCU. I think our TCU's Frito, got a lot of money too, though. I'm a yeah. big fan of like support, and I think TCU has, you know, being the national championship, they've got a bigger foundation of bigger fan base because of their recent success where SMU doesn't right now. I think SMU has the money people, but I think TCU has the bigger fan base. But like, that's important. I, I'm going to say SMU because they're actually in a better conference right now. It might break up soon. I think it's, it's kind of, I mean, I don't know if it's funny, but when I lived in Ohio, like Cincinnati was like so excited about potentially being in a power five conference and they finally get it done. And then like, it's just going to be a group of five conference again. It's like, SMU has been dying to be in a big time conference and financially speaking donors had to pay a bunch of money in order to get that to work. And what's the ACC going to be in four years? Are they just going to be back where they started from again? Like, I don't know, but for now you have to pick the team that's in a bigger conference, right? 
Yeah, or, or you could say it's easier to recruit to TCU because you're playing all your games against relatively local teams. You're not flying out to Cal or, or Boston do you think College. Kid, do you, I don't think that matters. I think, I think it think matters a little bit. I think kids want to play. I mean, kids want to play as many home games uh, games near their home as possible. I think it's a factor. Do they? I do. I think so. Um, all right. Round the horn of would you rather be the coach at have you many and Grace? Have you looked at? Did you look at the document? I know. I know Ari doesn't look at the document. So yes, I have it up yeah. right now. Okay, thanks. Missouri or South Carolina. Grace, you go. Missouri, uh, their NIL rules are excellent, and I want every part of that. Okay, Manny, agreement one hundred percent with Grace for that reason. Okay, Ari, I don't know. I know tough. <laughs> co- this is good. I, I'm going South Carolina. Uh, underrated. Uh, great game day environment. Um, yeah, better. I mean, I'm not gonna say more talent nearby, but probably within a four hour drive, there's more talent nearby. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go South Carolina because the other team in state has no interest in recruiting at all. Yeah, exactly. Basically, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just we haven't even really talked Clemson, but Ari still managed two drive bys on Clemson on the pot. <laughs> I, I, uh, South Carolina has been awesome before. When's the last time Mizzou's been awesome? This year. This year. <laughs> yeah. No, I, <laughs> right yeah, now. No, I know. I know. Isn't it crazy? I, and I didn't even. The one person I left off of the receiver list, and I'm happy you brought that up, that should have been on the list and was a five star is Luther Burden. Luther Burden? Um, yes. Yes. Legit awesome. Like, five you know, star. We have to have another conversation. Maybe we'll do it next week. But how having a legit first round receiver makes your team better? It just changes like, the way you have to It just changes them. the entire yeah. dynamic of a game. And without him, I don't think they would be awesome this year. So it also goes I, to show you how important getting good players is. Um, I think I would pick South Carolina because I don't know. I just like the conference affiliation is the same and stuff, but like I just like the geography. I thought you were going to say the conference. I was like, they're in the same. Oh conference. no, no, they're, I know they're both <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. SEC. I just meant like, yeah, okay, I That's like fair. the geography of okay. one more than the other. Can yeah. I can what? I add one more thing? Yeah, of course you can, Manny. Uh, South Carolina, I think, had one top one hundred player the last two cycles. Missouri's had seven. Well, South Carolina had Harbor. They got Dylan Stewart if they can hold on to him. They Josiah Thompson's top one hundred. So no, I meant the state. The state. Oh, the state. Okay. Yeah, um, it's actually two. Monroe Freeling, and then they had one this year. Yeah. So it's seven. Did you put up a spreadsheet in a gas station? Yes. What if Manny got arrested for just loitering while on the? He'd be like, Officer, I'm on Stars Matter. I'm like, oh, okay, tell Ari I said hi. <laughs> I got a speeding ticket the other day and got into a verbal altercation with the officer that n- involved me getting out of the car. Why? Jeez, Ari. <laughs> I voluntarily got out of the car. Okay. Um, can I'll you tell keep you this to a minute? Oh, uh, yeah, because I pulled out of my neighborhood and it was a speed trap. And Were you speeding? Yes. Okay. But there was no speed limit sign between where the cop was standing and where, and he was in the middle of the street, like a construction person. It was, it was very bizarre. <laughs> and he pulled me over with his hand. <laughs> so I got out of the car or we talked about it. And I was like, you know, there was no speed limit sign. Right. <laughs> and I go, and he goes, yeah, but it's like by law, if you yeah. don't see the speed limit sign, then you should automatically drive 30 miles an hour until you see one. I said, so every time I get on a highway from now on, I should drive 30 miles an hour on the highway until I see it. No, I just wanted to understand the rules. And he goes, don't be a smartass. And I said, I'm not. I'm just trying to understand what no, I'm getting you're a ticket a smartass. For. You know the highway speed limit is 30. And I say, I drive by this, down the street every day, and there's people going 80 miles an hour down the street. You pull me over for going seven over without seeing a sign? And he said, well, if you drive down this street every single day, then you should know the speed limit, right? 
And I said, do you know the speed limit of every single street that you drive by down every day? <laughs> he literally was, should call his buddies don't and be you like, watch this, TV? Don't understand. this is like, how people what? get thrown in jail. And then like, I get a call. Uh, does, do you work with Ari Wasserman? Yes. Uh, can it you was just very him? aggravating because he was giving me a ticket and he was being mean to me. And like all of the stuff, it was just like a bullshit ticket. It's like, it's one thing if you're going, oh, my dad heard this and he's going to tense up now because we've had a speeding ticket problem when I was a kid. But <laughs> It was my first speeding ticket in like six years, and it was the biggest bullshit ticket I've ever gotten. And it was just kind of like people were driving. I was like driving with the flow of traffic. When he pulled me over, I was like, "Am I? are you pulling me over right now? Like I was confused by the whole scenario. It wasn't like a cop came up behind me with his lights and pulled me over. He pulled me over with his index finger. <laughs> Grace, have you ever gotten a speeding ticket? Yeah, I got one like a month ago. Oh, you did? What? Well, I got one of those like uh, I mean, the hidden camera ones. Pay a hundred bucks well, and you don't have to away. go to court. Yeah. <laughs> just throw it away. Just legal advice from Ari: just throw it away. <laughs> Dude, I grew up in a city where I grew up in a city where they were all over the place. I used to just toss them. All right, Manny, man, have what? you managed not to get a speeding ticket in the last month? Unlike these other two derelicts, <laughs> I was going uh, forty-five. It was a lame one. I did lame. not get a speeding ticket, but I got a camera ticket like in the last six months for uh, for red light. But I, I was halfway through it. They still gave it to me. So I what know. if Manny just said I got arrested for manslaughter and like we didn't know about it? It's <laughs> actually <laughs> so had three DUIs in the last six months. Thanks that's for that's why he's still hiding out at a rest stop. He's at the gas station. All right, we need to Do you guys know the speed limits around your neighborhood by heart? Well, I know that if there's no sign, you're like it's 30 or whatever. But Okay, so from now on, I'll drive 30 miles an hour on busy streets until <laughs> okay. I see us. Yeah. All right. Would you rather? It actually was just like Stars Matter. Like I was debating him. Like I was debating you. I was like every single thing that came out of his mouth. I like had a, <laughs> except I was like I can't arrest. Except you. now I've got to pay one hundred and forty dollars. Yeah. Okay. I can't arrest you. Okay. Ari Wasserman, <laughs> would you rather be the coach at Indiana or Purdue? I don't know. <laughs> That's the point of the game. <laughs> don't say neither. You're gonna make Would you rather get a speeding ticket in Carolina or in Texas. I don't know. <laughs> um, All right, they're both like an hour from each other, and they, they both have the same limitations. Answer the question. I don't think they're that different. That's that's <laughs> not. I'd rather be the head coach of Purdue because I like their mascot and their team colors better. I would they rather be the coach of Indiana. They just like fired their guy. Yeah. Who like they were carrying out of the stadium like he was Rudy. Two years ago, yeah. and it's like I don't, and I understand that there's probably more complex situations there, but it's like Purdue's had more he, success. What you, but what do you want from this guy? <laughs> like you don't, like you don't. There's no okay. buy-in I, for the I'd program. I go with Purdue because Drew Brees went there, and I can okay. sell some a quarterback on it. Purdue has had what more, you, definitely more sales pitch at Indiana. What and what's your sales pitch at Purdue? Purdue, I think it's we, we've we've had success. Look at all the quarterbacks that we put in the NFL. Um, okay, Indiana's what's Indiana? Like, Nobody like cares about you. Cool town. I think Bob I've been there once. Coach basketball here. Yeah, yeah. If your recruiting pitch is how <laughs> awesome the basketball team is, then Grace Rainer, what say you? Purdue, definitely. Definitely. Okay. What right. You, you said Indiana for what reason? What's your? I don't know. I'm gonna press you on it. You don't know? Okay. I uh, <laughs> just good podcasting. I'd rather live in Bloomington than than West. I've been to Bloomington and West Lafayette. I'd rather live in Bloomington. Hey, Mitch, this is yeah. a recruiting podcast, and where you would like to live has not part of the discussion. Okay, yeah, but your I'm personal happiness different. I'm trying to, uh, yeah, I want to be happy, Ari. Uh, okay. Ari right, everybody that's looking for insight on recruiting, Mitch will be happier in Bloomington than was that <laughs> yet. Ari that's Wasserman, what you've learned where more would about you rather coach? Arizona or Arizona State? 
uh, Arizona State. For all, for all the reasons you mentioned in your column two years ago when you got Kenny Dillingham hired? Has it been two years already? Well, no, I think Arizona State has a bigger fan base, has more students, more money, is in a better part of Arizona in terms of like recruiting footprint. Like U of A's in Tucson and Arizona State's in like Tempe, Scottsdale area. And Arizona State's an easier drive. It's a more recognizable national brand. Um, and I just think that that one is the way. And they play their football games like in the side of a mountain. Yes. Many. I agree with Ari. Many. I'd go with Arizona State, but it's close. I don't I don't know that it's uh, that wide of a margin. Ooh. Grace. I would go with Arizona State because if I'm recruiting teenagers, I'm picking the bigger party school. And, there you go. Um, I think they need to they need to like lean into that more. Arizona should use Ari as a uh, recruiting. Uh, I mean, Jed Fish doesn't need me. He's killing it. But it's yeah. just uh, I don't know. Like there's two ways of looking at it. Going to a school that's a basketball school could be super appealing because then you can have a power five job but not be held to crazy standards right. because they're so concerned about basketball. Indiana. Or you could always we'll just be playing too. second fiddle to somebody else on campus, not getting nearly as much attention or or resources, and then you're just like an afterthought. I think it depends um, on the person. Some coaches are wired that they want to be the big dog. Like, and some, yeah. Mark Stoops probably resents the fact that yes. – Kentucky's basketball coach like constantly shits on the football program publicly. So like, it's just, I would, I think I would rather go for the bigger job where you're the main event and people like, I mean, who's Arizona state's basketball coach Hurley, right? Yeah. Bobby Hurley. So I'm playing um, high school. I'm old. He's a handsome man. That guy. Yeah. You don't think he's handsome? I mean, I don't, what are you looking for in, in <laughs> handsome men? I'm staring right at him, baby. <laughs> yeah well Sun's manny's hat. camera's off so Sun's hat. i know manny's camera's off sun's hat beard smiling fancy headphones that work you got to reset them yeah okay next one tennessee or auburn ari uh i would take auburn because they inexplicably like win big one every five years yeah i mean that's a good, a good point uh manny I'd go with Tennessee because they don't really have any competition in state. Grace? I was afraid to say that out loud to you as a Vanderbilt guy, but that is also my exact uh, decision. Don't worry. I know, I know the, the, the lot in life. You know, I know the food chain. I know how He's it works. got like nine years of the hustler behind him. He knows what's up at Vanderbilt. I'd get Peyton Manning to help me every step of the way and go crush it. Um, Tennessee also both – Actually, Auburn might be closer to Atlanta. I was going to say Knoxville is, but Auburn, I, Auburn's like two hours from Atlanta. Both very close to Atlanta. Both great recruiting bases. Both great fan bases. What's, great stadiums. What's the next question? Would you rather get shot in the foot or the hand? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one. Texas Tech or Baylor? Baylor. Okay. Manny? Yeah, I think Baylor. Grace? I think I'd go Texas Tech. Weird things have happened at Baylor. I'll just say that. Yeah, um, I'm not. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about today? Well, no, you're recruiting to. I mean, both schools. I think you have to consider. Baylor's it, had more success. Right? Yeah. I mean, terrible things have happened at Baylor. Yeah, but I was looking at it like as a football moving forward thought yeah. process. Yeah. And Texas they, they, Tech is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Texas Tech has never really done it. Like Waco they've been, is they've like been consistently good. They've an been, hour south of Dallas, though. Like yeah. that's uh, also the David Koresh stuff happened out there too. If that's what yeah. you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
I went right. to that place, by the way. I know. You, we, I think you I talked drove about out of my podcast. way to see to see the Branch Davidians headquarters. Yeah. The did you join? Store. Did you join? You, <laughs> you know we haven't people. talked about a lot in Ari in a while on the pod. What? Our friends out west, Colorado City. Oh, yeah. Do you guys want to talk about polygamy, or should we just go to the trivia? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's keep going. We got a few more. That'll be do that next week. Um, um, NC State or Virginia Tech? Would you rather? Let's start with Grace, since she's got uh, yeah, she's NC State in, in the family. I would pick NC State. I think they have. I think North Carolina has more talent in, than Virginia, and I just I like NC State's reputation a little bit better. I like Virginia Tech Stadium. I like the town. That's fair. Uh, Did you like the two mile walk uphill from the staff parking lot? I've never covered the. We went on a tour. We it was the there worst with walk. We toured from, there with Gabe from press parking lot around. to the stadium I've ever okay. been to. It's good for you. Uh, so, what about you, Ari? Um, is Virginia Tech just lost? Like, is it over for them? I don't think so. I'm still. I'm a believer. I've got Virginia Tech stock, sort of like my Washington stock I had. Yeah, you can buy stock in 27 bad teams, and then if one happens to be good, you can yeah. make me apologize. Yeah. All right, well, um, Ari's thinking, Manny, what say you? Enter Sandman, Virginia Tech. Yes, love it. <laughs> I think Ari. I would go NC State because the head coach there has already proven that it can be a sustainable nine-win program. Okay. These are good, though, aren't they? Yeah. I think these are. I picked some. They were uh, good. They were hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we lost Grace. We went over. I think she has a, a phone call that she has to make for. Yeah, her Grace, job. you ever got a phone call you need to make? Um. Yes, but I think I can shoot a quick. We're behind text, and it'd be okay. Okay, we'll be quick. We'll be quick. I got we'll one more quick. thing in the trivia. I won't speak. Okay. No. This this next one. If you lay me out to dry in trivia, I will. That's be exactly so what. This next one. Are you paying out, attention? Man. Would you rather be the coach at Nevada? Or San Jose State? Uh, Nevada. There's casinos in Reno. <laughs> <laughs> and you're an I hour agree. away from Tahoe. I would move to Reno tomorrow. Grace, can you talk? Are you uh I would working? pick... Uh, I, I don't know anything about either of those programs, if we're being totally honest. I think I'd go San Jose State, live in California. We're always honest on this podcast. Well, you could live in Tahoe on the California side. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Uh, like. Okay. I have no perception of either of them, but San speaking Jose of our friends out west, I did go to the Circus Circus Casino where the uh, brothers that were the main characters of Under the Banner of Heaven were arrested. Really? That's in Reno. Nice. You could have reenacted it. So, Grace, seriously, if you got to go, you can go. It's I think just, I'm okay. 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 So, that was Would You Rather. Good job, everyone. Trivia. Ready? Do it. Okay. How many of the Top 20 quarterbacks in the class of 2021 will be back with the team they signed with in 2024. So assuming wow. that J.J. McCarthy and Drake May are headed to the NFL, just for the, for the sake of this question. Back with the team they signed with or back with the team they're on? No, back with like the, that next year will be the team they signed with. That like are the top 20 quarterbacks in 2024 from the 21 class. In the 24 seat, barring a late transfer, none of these guys have announced a transfer. They're either still with their schools and they have not announced a transfer. Okay, so J.J. McCarthy would count still? No, I said I'm not counting him. I'm ca- I'm assuming that McCarthy and May, for the sake of the question, are in the, going to the okay. NFL. We could count them and include that, you know, it's... I'm not... So... so I'm, I'm going to uh, guess... Of the 20. I'm going to guess one. I'm going to guess two. Grace? Uh, 
I was going to guess three. Grace wins. Six. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a lot higher oh my than God. I thought you did, it would. You did Ty the- Thompson, still at Oregon, number seven. Miller Moss, number 12 at USC. Jalen Milrow, number 13 at Alabama. Garrett Nussmeyer, number 14 at LSU. Your boy Preston Stone, number uh-huh. 15 at SMU. And Baron Morton, 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 number 19 at Texas Tech. Um, so yeah, race. that's the Caleb, the Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, Sam. Quinn Ewers, class. Caleb Williams, Sam Heward, Brock Vandergriff, McCarthy, McCord, Ty Thompson, Jake Garcia, Drake May, Jackson Dart, Tyler Buckner. Who you could argue Buckner's back at his school, but he's not playing. The he same is. Sport. He's playing lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, so Buckner, uh, Moss, Milrow, Nussmeyer, Preston Stone, Sawyer Robertson. Did you write about him, Ari? No, no, Sawyer Anderson. Yeah, Sawyer Anderson. Who's the uh, player at the high school that Preston Stone went to who's been yes. recruited now. Yeah, Caden Salter, Carlos Del Carlos Del Rio Wilson, who's at Florida signing with Syracuse, then Baron Martin, then Eli Stowers. Stowers and that Stowers. Sawyer Ander- Anderson kid is committed to Purdue. Purdue. Just to wrap it all around. Because yep. he would rather be at Purdue than Indiana. I Clearly. Agree. So, all right. I think – I think this was a good show, despite the adversity, despite the fact that Manny's getting arrested at a rest stop, and Ari's got you know mouthing off to cops, and Grace has to leave Manny, to make a call. Manny, what are you going to go in the? Are you going to go yes, in and brother. get some roller food or what? I, I have no choice. I, it's it's the only thing for miles. I got to go into this rest stop and uh, figure out what I can find. I think they got a Wendy's in there, dude. Go in there and get an egg roll. That's on the roller grill. <laughs> 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 All right, so Manny is off to go see uh, Jeremiah Smith on Thursday. Uh, Are you going to ask him if he's flipping? It, I'm sure it will come up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Jeremiah, I'm on this podcast with these people, and I've really been saying that Florida State's going to be number one class, so could you please flip? I need you to flip right yeah. now. Florida State Just has three here. five stars. Stay right here. We've got three five stars. There's only uh, two other teams, I believe. That have as many or three Georgia, Ohio State, and Texas have three. Uh, Ohio State and Georgia have four, but they are a Jeremiah flip away from jumping over Ohio State. I think in the ranking. as Cam no. just said, Manny can offer Jeremiah. I mean, you want to be near SeaWorld? I don't think there's a SeaWorld in Columbus, Ohio. If I'm correct, Ari, you live there. Where's the game? Where's the game you're driving to? Tallahassee. I'm just going to tell. Just stop off there. at Wawa. You don't need to stop at this rest stop. Yeah. I guess I gotta find uh, a wall. Those chicken bites See, are fire. There's gotta be one close by. Yeah, I'm right. gonna find one. All right. Thank you for listening to the latest edition of Stars Matter. We will catch you next week.